This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. This is Double Tap Canada from AMI Audio, the place where blind people talk tech. Hello, is this thing on? I want to talk with an accent, Sean. Hi, guys. Welcome to Double Tap Canada. In case you haven't figured this out already, I am not Stephen Scott. But on the other side of the microphone is Sean Priest. Sean, do I sound like Stephen? Well, you know, a funny accent is a funny accent. But, um, yeah, you, you've got the same enthusiasm. So that's a good start, Mark. <laughs> the same enthusiasm. Well, guys, in case you haven't realized this, Stephen Scott is not here. Um, he has the plague. No, he does not that plague. I mean, that's probably the wrong wrong thing to use at this time yes. of a, in our lifetime right now. But Stephen is under the weather. I think this is the first time ever um, in the history of Double Tap Canada, that, or maybe the second time, that you, you were kind of flying without the dulcet tones of Stephen Scott. Is that true? Yeah, it's very rare that Stephen will miss a double tap, and it does feel strange, but at the same time, there is a sense of freedom. You know what I mean, Mark? <laughs> um, uh, I am Mark Aflalo. Thank you guys for being here. I'm not, uh, of course, foreign to double tap, because uh, I am the other half of Stephen Scott when it comes to the television portion of things, and it's not because I look good on TV, I promise it you. Is. They did not make that selection wisely, as you might have guessed already. <laughs> You're the pretty one of Double Tap Team. I'm the. Is that is that how they? Oh, it is. Is, that, is that how you blind people call me? I've been told. Um, um, th- thank you for being by my side, Sean, because uh, I need a coach when it comes to this radio stuff. Um, oh, yes, I-, I feel like I'm I'm just <laughs> breaking my skin in here. Uh, we thought when we were planning the show um, five minutes ago that we wouldn't have <laughs> very much to discuss. But in in fact, there is so much to discuss that I don't think we're actually going to get into this show. Oh, it's a beautiful, beautiful day. Is it, though? Is it a beautiful day? Because I don't know about you, but I'm getting to the point in this kind of worldwide lockdown where I'm, uh, I have so much hair on my head that I, I'm, I'm pulling it out. Oh, I know. I'm Isn't it, it out. ridiculous? I'm stuck at home. Oh, man. I just want to see another human being other than my family <laughs> in the <laughs> eyes. I just want to look them in the eyes. Crazy tool. I just want to look... <laughs> Let's want to look them in the eyes and say, hi, I miss you. I want a hug. Hug me now. Will you give me a hug, please? No. And the answer is going to be no for the foreseeable future. Um, but you know what? So Stephen Scott is under the weather, and he asked me if I could pinch it. And I said, I, I mean, I guess so. Do I have a choice? He said, not really. I said, okay, so I can do this. But, uh, you know, I don't actually believe that Stephen is actually ill. <gasps> what are you saying? I don't know about you, but I communicate with Stephen a lot by text and not a lot by, you know, voice chat and stuff like that. So I figured it's a perfect opportunity to to surprise him and to get him on the air and see if he's actually under the weather or not. So what I'm going to do here Uh-oh. is while we're, while we're talking here, we're going to find Stephen on Skype here. This could go terribly, and, uh, terribly wrong. I actually hope it goes terribly <laughs> wrong because um, this is exactly how I expect it to go. If you uh, ever use Skype, then you know... That this is the connecting sound in Skype that you're hearing right now. Can you hear that? Yes. Can you hear that, Sean? Okay. Please don't swear, Stephen. No, no, please. The, uh, I warned him. I said... He's a professional. You need to be on standby. And, 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 of course, he didn't listen, as per usual, because we're sitting here trying to connect to Stephen Scott, and it's just uh, it's going nowhere, which is probably exactly where Stephen is right now, in nowhere land, in his bed, asleep, dead to the world. Not literally, oh, guys. Oh, steady now. 
Oh God! You know you really got to be oh, careful. And they're unbelievable. No, okay. You know what? He'll he'll call us back, which is fine. But thank you guys for being here. Um, the phone number, if you guys want to get involved, is a one eight six six five zero nine four five four five. We're going to get to your voicemails um, shortly on the show. But lots of stuff to discuss in the tech world, Mister Priest, including uh, a new announcement from Apple. This is the new way we're going to find out about things from companies like Apple. They're just going to post stuff on their website. This. As far as I'm concerned, is the only tech news. This is it for the decade, for the year, for whatever. This, this is amazing. The new iPhone SE. Now, now, why why do you find this so amazing? May I ask, sir? Oh, you see, you, that that shows the 2020 uh, mentality of you, Cites. This is uh, for. Uh, accessibility, the SE is the blind phone, as Stephen calls it. We love it. The small form factor of it, although this one is slightly bigger than the uh, previous generation, but it's just amazing. The performance of it, the price point of it, for uh, accessibility, it's fantastic. And we finally have the second generation, which has the performance give or take a little bit, I'm sure, of an iPhone 11. I mean, what's not to love? And for the price point of, what is it in Canadian dollars? Uh, $4.99, is that what it said? Or, no, sorry, I, I'm losing my mind because I bought the uh, new keyboard case for the iPad. It, the iPhone oh. SE uh, Canadian is going to be from five ninety nine Canadian. I mean, you know, from 64 gig starting price, that's not bad. Yeah, and if you want to configure it now, now here are some some of the details. Obviously, available in white, black, or product red, uh, starting at five ninety nine, all the way up to eight oh nine. So even on the highest end, you're still you're ringing under almost the entry price point of the iPhone eleven, and you really are benefiting from all all the great features of the iPhone eleven, with the exception of a couple things that were like Face ID, which again is one of the reasons why us societies like it, but you don't because you want that home button, don't you? Well, that that's a bit of a controversial uh, topic um, because I think the home button and Touch ID in itself is slightly overrated. I can understand what people are saying, you know, taking the phone out when it's in your pocket to unlock it, that rhymes, is slightly annoying and that the uh, Touch ID does overcome that, but I think it's fine without it, to be honest. I do like Face ID. But yes, this does go back to people's old favourite of the home button. So so tell me, you know, is it just because of the fact that when you are vision impaired, it's in your pocket, you don't even need to take the phone out to use it because of voiceover, so people would rather not have to physically even hold it in their hand as we got to that point? Yeah, well, pretty much. If you think about it, if you've got a pair yeah. of uh, Bluetooth headphones on, you've got your phone in your pocket and a Bluetooth keyboard on, you can get some work done without ever taking the phone out of your pocket. Now, if you need to do something where you need to unlock the phone, then, you know, it's, it's just an extra step that we didn't need before. Simply putting your hand in your pocket and unlocking it by putting your finger on the home button was so easy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it doesn't sound like a lot, but any inconvenience to that workflow does does tend to annoy. You're, you're almost giving me a, an idea for a future episode of whether it be this show or the TV show, which is, you know, someone like me who has no issues in my vision trying to use the iPhone just like you do. You know, turn voiceover on and try to teach myself how to use it 
without the phone in my hand. It sounds like almost a an experiment that will go totally wrong. <laughs> oh, it but will. could be kind of fun. Yeah, well, see, that's the thing, but it, it's that learning curve, you know? It's all about getting things done as soon as, as quickly as you can. And that learning curve of using voiceover is a nightmare. And even us who have to yeah. use it when we first got the iPhones, hated it. You know, hated it for about two or three days. But then once you get it, it's amazing. Well, I guess it's kind of like the you know the, the, the you know any new technology, the learning curve with any new technology is going to be yeah. a pain in the ass, and we're lazy people in general, right? So well, if we don't have to learn something, why do it? But if you have to, hey, okay, fine. Speaking for myself, yeah. I'm a lazy person. Okay, yeah, I'm a lazy person. Thank you. <laughs> um, uh, 4.7 inch display, so it is it is larger in your hand. Um, but you know, speaking for someone who has gone through all the generations of these phones. Um, from a 4-inch to a 4.7-inch is a big jump in terms of the actual screen size, but they have made up for that in terms of slimming down the bezels and making it, you know, kind of really sleek in the hand and really comfortable to hold. Yeah. So, yes, it might not seem nice and tiny in your hand, but at the same time, you have to realize there's going to be a trade-up for, you know, the updated technology that does exist there. Well, exactly, and this is the smallest screen size, I believe, you can get when it comes to the iPhone. Basically, it is the um, iPhone 8 body, isn't it? That's that's the form factor we're talking here. Exactly, and they're saying that the iPhone 8 is pretty much gone in replace for this, although you can still kind of compare the compare the generations on the actual website. Yeah. And if you do compare the the eight to the new second generation SE, I mean same four point seven inch retina HD display, but you've got that new uh, the new processor which is just absolutely insane. Yep. Dual SIM support, which is extra you know, believe it or not, is really important for a lot of people who use their phone both for personal and for business. Finally they can use one device and not have to worry about kind of switching back and forth. And and then you know, we expected this device. We weren't sure when we were going to get it. And I think this is one of these interesting things about these new kind of virtual launches or these digital launches. Is we is they can launch a phone, they can launch a new device whenever they want. Now they don't have to worry about all the pomp and circumstance that goes around these keynotes. And I think we're going to be like this for for quite some time. And I kind of like it. I kind of like it. Just you know, I don't know. No big fanfare. Do you think they like that though? I think they would much no, rather have had I, the event at the end of March when. In, it was rumored to take place and bring out the uh, the new iPad Pro 2020 and this second gen iPhone SE. I think they would have loved to do that, but they, they just well, yeah, can't. yeah, because they probably could have made a good case for that iPad Pro 2020 to actually be worth buying. But Ooh, I, you know. nasty! Oh, come on! Listen, I bought it. Listen, I bought it. I had it in my hands, and I, I'm I'm holding it side by side, going. There is nothing different other than the camera and that are, LiDAR sensor. Are you mad? That LiDAR makes all the difference in the world, sir. You know what? I think it makes all the difference in the world when it's going to be on our iPhones. Oh, yes. I don't think that on the iPad it's going to make a big deal until more apps take advantage of the sensor. And I don't think that it was worth releasing an update just for a camera. I mean, if you if you got this iPad form factor last year... To go out and spend another eighteen hundred dollars when you put Apple Care in there and yes. you get the storage you want, does that really make sense? Two thousand dollars to get lidar? No, no. I'll be honest with you, it doesn't. But I mean, when it comes to the iPad, I find it difficult to justify anyway. I still don't think it's there as a <laughs> replacement for your laptop yet, even with the new um, mouse support. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm just not sold on the iPad. I'll be honest. 
You know, listen, I can understand your perspective. The other thing Apple announced today is that new keyboard with the trackpad for the new iPads and the last generation iPad. So the, I guess we're calling that with a 2018, 2019 iPad, um, is now actually available to buy. So you can actually buy that and have that in your hands for next week. We expected that in May or for some ridiculous price. Isn't it like, um, $600 Canadian or something? It's, it's, uh, $499. Ah, close enough. For a keyboard. A keyboard. $499. Yeah, it's uh, and th- sorry, three ninety nine for the eleven inch. <laughs> oh well, bargain. and, and four forty nine for the twelve point nine inch. <laughs> I, I, yeah, that I mean, ugh, listen, I ugh, I gotta try it out. I really, I gotta try it out, and I have been using the mouse support and the trackpad support on the iPad, and it, it, it's kind of cool in certain aspects. I think it's really more of a novelty. I think honestly, Steve Jobs is rolling over in his grave right now, going, <laughs> "I said no pen. I said." N- Touch only. Touch only. Yeah, but see, they've gone down this route of, okay, this is going to replace your laptop, and it, it just isn't getting there. I think we're a long way off. This is a stepping stone. And if people want to jump on at this point, fine. But to say it's a replacement for your laptop, I don't buy it. But then again, but I think that, you're a Mac but hang user. On, I, but hang on. I think that it really depends on what you're using it for, because you and I can easily say this is not a laptop replacement, because... You can't do audio editing. You can't do the video editing the way you want it. You can't do those pro features. But for someone who uses email and browses the web and and just kind of consumes media, it's the perfect laptop replacement. Uh, if you're one of those people, then you really don't need a laptop. <laughs> you want a tablet. I know that sounded worse than I wanted it to sound. But wow. No, look, if, if you're one of those people. <laughs> if you're one of those, which a lot of people are, and they're lovely, great people. But look, what I'm saying is, if that's your use case uh. of just browsing the internet, basically, then you don't need a laptop anyway. What you need is a tablet. And you could pick one up for, you know, an Android tablet for next to nothing. So yeah, I, I, I just don't think it's there yet. I think they're trying to push it as that replacement but it ain't there. Okay, so I got to ask you a question. Okay, and kind of Apple aside, unless there's anything else you want to throw in there, is um, um, we do this show using Zoom. Zoom is a, a tool that we've been using for a very long time. Um, did you know Zoom is actually owned, partly owned by Logitech? Didn't know that till today. No, I did not. New discovery for me. Yeah, interesting. Um, they've they've gotten so big with this epidemic, uh, this pandemic around us that everybody's talking about who's going to buy them now. Is Apple going to buy them? Is Google going to buy them? They're so big. Um, yet, every single headline I read, oh, you better change your password, you better lock oh, this down, uh, your information's going through China, your information... <laughs> and I, I don't even know who to believe anymore. I don't know what news is real anymore. It's hard to figure that out. And, of course, I'm bringing that up now here, and you're coming to us to find out those answers, and we don't really necessarily have them. But I think that uh, the most entertaining thing out of all this is... Um, some of the videos I'm seeing that are being posted online about people Zoom bombing conference calls. So you're in an office conference call or you're having dinner with your family because of Easter and someone jumps in and, and flashes you. Or, I believe or the expression is moons, isn't it? I think that's what we used to do when I was a kid. Oh, is that, as a <laughs> kid, yes. Now that's Zooming. Um, I, I find it honestly uh, quite hilarious because people are, doing it on, people are doing it on their own. You know, people are actually getting on these conferences, forgetting they're on video. Standing up, going to get a coffee, and people realizing their pants aren't on. Oh, well. Like, the, people are doing it to themselves, which is kind of interesting. So I think it's important for people to understand the video conferencing etiquette, which is there's a camera, guys. You know, <laughs> make sure you remember there's a camera. If you can see people, they can likely see you back. So make sure that you cover the lens when you go to the bathroom. 
or when you get up and you forget to put your pants on. But you know, is Zoom something that you're using, or you find that you you know people you know are using a lot? Because of course. there are other there are so many other services out there though. You know, there's Go to Webinar, there's Go to Meeting, there's um. Uh, what's the party one? There's house party. About? There's a house party. Join me, is um, it, isn't it? Just FaceTime. Yes. I mean, just FaceTime alone, you could put 32 people in a FaceTime conversation. Granted, if you're looking at the screen, you'll get dizzy because the bubbles bounce up all over the place, depending on who's <laughs> talking. But there, there are so many different services out there that are free that I find that going going to Zoom. I mean, unless your company, of course, is offering it. Like you know, I've got some clients who are saying, "Yeah, come come Zoom," because our whole company's paying for it. But um, there are alternatives out there, and people have to realize that you can bash Zoom all you want, but they weren't ready for this kind of you know influx of users. Well, that's, that's exactly the point, though, isn't it? I mean, everyone just jumped on this so quickly that it just grew, what was it, number one in the charts for a long time. I mean, so that uh, drew a lot of attention to it, and that's yeah. when the security exploits, because we have talked about this before. Uh, last week or the week before, we talked about the security problems where people were setting up meetings and just leaving the security as default. And the default was, hey, the room's open. Anyone who's got the yeah. link, come on in. And of course, you know, people will exploit that. Um, now, they have changed that. You know, you've got to be let into a meeting and you can set passwords as default and whatever. So they've addressed that. But there are some other exploits internally to the code which need sorting out. Um, but I, I still think, you know, Zoom is fantastic. Yes, there's lots of organizations that have banned it. But the beauty of Zoom, the whole thing that, that made people want to use it was the ease of getting people into a meeting, you know, and the yeah. options of just calling on a landline or however you want to do it. And of course, that proved to be its undoing to some degree. But Zoom is still fine, I think. For most of us, I can understand that some companies, organizations aren't going to use it until the security issues are sorted out. And, and they are being sorted they out. I mean, you, you talked about, you know, letting people in, you can pass or protect the rooms now. I mean, they're randomizing some of the some of the meeting IDs and stuff like that. So, you know, it used to be something the user had to control, but now it's on, on by default, which is good. They're even adding features like you'd be able to choose where your, your audio and video traffic goes through what servers. I mean, for people who want to get that granular in the details, right? Yeah, that's right. But as I said, there are some internal exploits as well that need to be fixed. And they've got the guy from Facebook, haven't they? They've got some security guy from Facebook over to the company. So they're definitely concentrating on this. And to be honest, they've got to because their reputation is going to take a pounding if they don't. Well, I know a lot of companies that uh, kind of signed up early when they realized what was going on. I mean, you're not turning back at that point. You're going to, you know, even my, you know, companies that I work with, they're not abandoning the platform, but they are making the recommendations to the employees saying, you know, turn this on, turn that on. Yeah. And to be I do get annoyed when people say, you know, oh, it's it's terrible. I, I saw a comment on Facebook today. Don't use Zoom. It's constantly being hacked. Well, that's that's just not the case. Everything's being hacked. Well, <laughs> yes. Yeah. But this isn't hacking. This is just leaving your door open. You know, there are options yeah. there to lock it. Now, we, we talked about, you know, um, iPhones. I, I had a question for you. I wanted to get a little bit personal, Sean. Oh, go on. I like it. Um, when we first launched the TV show, Double Tap TV, which is uh, 8.30 p.m. Eastern mm. on uh, Tuesdays on AMI-TV, um, you were on, and we talked about switching uh -oh. to Android. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And in a recent episode of the TV show, I was talking to Stephen, and I, I made the assumption that, of course, you stuck with it because, I mean, you were pretty happy with it. I was very he happy. He sent us in a nice 10-day journal about it. 
um, I get the feeling, especially when I text you and I get an iMessage response, <laughs> that um, that may no longer be the case. See, and I'm curious as to what the status of that is and why. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Mike. Can we get Stephen back, please? He doesn't throw me under the bus. I'm trying to get Stephen back. Don't worry. <laughs> no, well, so I'm working on it in the background here. So, I've got to say, I did get the iPhone 11. And I was using both because Android is absolutely fine. And I did like the Android, the Pixel, what did I have? The Pixel 3. So absolutely fine. I was carrying them both around. Then it got mm-hmm. to a point of, oh, I got to keep them both charged and I'll just use, yeah. So basically my main driver now is the iPhone 11. My Android is just sat on my desk. But like I see, I can hear everyone now saying, I told you so. I knew you'd give it up. But honestly, that's not the case. It's absolutely fine. I'm so used to iOS that I do feel comfortable there. But there was absolutely nothing wrong with the Android phone at all. Why did I choose the iPhone 11 at the end of the day? I'm just familiar with it. You know, as simple as that. But there's not much in it, I'll be honest. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed. And, I'm sorry. Um, Sorry, I am. I'm sorry for throwing you under the bus, but you know what? I, the reason I brought it up was because LG just sent me the V60, which is their their new kind of flagship device. It's a 5G phone, um, and it has that dual screen uh, display option, which is kind of cool. Oh, 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 oh hang on! Breaking news! Breaking news! Breaking news! The phone is ringing. Um, hello, caller, you're on the air. Caller, can you hear us? I, I can hear you. Hello. Is this is this uh, is this uh, you're on Double Tap Canada with uh, Sean Priest and and Mark Aflalo? Hello, caller. I never agreed to this. <laughs> um, he doesn't sign you know, deal. You know, Get him back ladies here, ladies and gentlemen. Stephen Scott. Everybody, applause, hey, applause, applause. Everybody. Stephen, you just missed it. I just threw Sean under the bus. Uh, we were talking about you know, the fact that he's no longer using an Android device. I miss you, Stephen. And, uh, and he said he missed you greatly and wanted you to come back. <laughs> Um, well, uh, good luck because uh, Mark's your new permanent host, and I'm off to the uh, Bahamas once this <laughs> lockdown is lifted. So, uh, yeah, nice working with you guys. Uh, no, I'm afraid I am uh, off a little bit ill this week. Uh, are you? You are missing me. Mark couldn't care less. I know that. But but Sean is a, is a, is a, is a I said I missed you. I, I, Did I, you? I mean, I, at least two or three times. I'm counting here. Yes, it's in my wow. script. <laughs> it's in the script. Yeah. <laughs> We just we just wanted to check in and make sure that you I, I I made a joke off the top that you had the plague and then I realized that was probably not appropriate for the times. Bad taste. It, it's hard it's hard to remember what's going on in the world around us when you do a radio show like this. You don't you know you're you're talking you get consumed about all the stuff that's going on and you forget that the world is exploding around you. It's okay. Well, it's 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 practice for Armageddon. Exactly, and I think that's the point. You know, the whole thing about Double Tap Canada is we shouldn't be worrying about the world. This should be, this should be our little sanctuary where we bury our heads in the sand, and we uh, pretend that nothing else is going on. And I kind of thought that we could just keep this going as was, uh, certainly from my point of view. And then it, the, the high fever starts and all the rest. And whilst I am not, and I should stress this, uh, there is no confirmation that I've got the dreaded coronavirus, but. Uh, everything points that way. And the reason that I don't know is because uh, nobody in this country gets tested for anything. So we don't have a clue if I've got it or not. Well, can I make so a recommendation? Sitting here hoping. Catch the next flight to Canada. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, when you get here, they'll uh, ask you a lot of questions at the border. They'll tell you to quarantine for 14 days, and hopefully it'll get by. 
Excellent. Well, there we go. That's that's the answer to all my problems. A private if they could jet. only just lift those border restrictions, that would be uh, just brilliant. But yeah. So, but otherwise, I am I'm drinking plenty. I've been told I'm on a healthy diet now. This is by my wife. Oh. So uh, things things have gotten worse. Think, clearly, things uh, are terrible. <laughs> But other than that, I am fine. Other than that, I'm getting on with it. I am quarantining, and uh, I'll be back with you guys soon, I promise. Okay, well, we just wanted to make sure that you were live, and I wanted to make sure that you did hear <laughs> the news that the iPhone SE 2 did, was announced today. Oh, I know. All the times to get ill. I mean, honestly, it's just, I was checking it out, and uh, it's quite an incredible little device. What, A13 chip in it? The iPhone 11 Pro's chip is inside this thing? Uh, I mean that's pretty amazing. Yeah, and I know that you're probably already hit purchase, right? It's already on your on the way to your house, isn't it? Well, I tell you, one. So the official pre-order date is what Friday. Seventeenth. So yeah. yes, I will absolutely be doing that. Well, it's a guy spent my five hundred and four hundred ninety-nine dollars on the keyboard case for the uh, for the iPad. So, so I'm out of budget for the phone, unfortunately. But the one indication that the world is getting better and the world is going to get better is that Apple is still releasing products, which is always yes. a good indication. So the world is not going to end, guys. Don't worry about it. We've got stuff to look forward to. Even if it does, Apple will still release products. They, they don't care. <laughs> exactly. You can guarantee that. Okay, Stephen, get back to bed. I hope you feel better because I don't know if I can deal with Sean for another week. I mean. Hey, I, I no, love I doing this, and it's great it. to be here. And uh, Mark, thank you for taking on the mantle, Sean. Thank you for being and doing whatever it is you do. And uh, <laughs> I'll catch you again next time. Take care, St- Stephen Scott, ladies and gentlemen, the uh, the, the former co-host of this show. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how we've uh, gotten rid of him so quickly. Uh, it was easy. Comfortable, I feel at this spot. It was easy, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, the sarcasm does not escape me. The sarcasm does not escape me. Uh, so back to Android. Oh yeah, um, let's go back to the LG Dual. Now, have you got the uh, second screen case? I do, I do have the second screen case, and I must say, I'm trying to figure it out. It's difficult to figure out these devices when your kids are home and they see the packages that you unbox, <gasps> because they tend to grab them I and say, to. "I want to play with that." <laughs> um, so I have I've played with it for about I don't know four minutes, maybe. Um, but there is a virtual press conference that I'm be, I was invited to that's happening tomorrow Ooh. on the actual device itself. So that they're going to kind of walk us through how to use it properly. And then in three weeks from now, they'll say, oh, I hope you're enjoying the phone. Now send it back to us. Uh, hoping you'll immediately go out and buy one. Uh, n- not going to happen because, <gasps> listen. What? What's the matter with it? I've tried, I've tried what you did, okay? I tried to switch to Android, mm-hmm. and I did it on the Huawei P30 Pro, Oof. which was uh, which was last year's device. Um, that phone really it blew me away because there was – so much similarity to the to the iOS interface that it made it a much easier transition for me. Yeah. Um, but then you you know, you do miss the FaceTimes and the iMessages and, and the convenience of those things. There is things. that. Yeah, it's difficult. Especially when your family has it, right? Yeah. And everybody else around you has it. Yeah. And, you're, and you travel and you try to communicate with people. It makes a big difference. But I did – I really enjoyed the camera on that. I really enjoyed the Android operating system. I think it has come so far from where where it started – and it really is, uh, I mean, it is the o- the only viable competitor to iOS now. Oh, absolutely. Honestly, and from an accessibility um, point of view, it, it's, you know, it's nearly, I, I say it's on par with iOS. I know lots of people disagree with me, but I definitely think it is. Well, you know what? There's so much more I want to talk about, Sean. How about we take a quick break? The phone number again for people to dial in if they want to leave a voicemail is one eight six six five zero nine four five. 
four five. Uh, the email address is feedback at ami.ca. We're going to get to some of your emails. We're going to get to some of the voicemails after we take a quick break. It is Double Tap Canada. I am Marco Flalo sitting in for Stephen Scott. And you are, of course, Sean Priest. And we take a quick break and come back here on Double Tap Canada. And now we're back with the Double Tap Canada team for more news on the latest tech from an accessibility point of view. Join in the fun with Double Tap by emailing your comments to feedback at ami.ca or on Twitter at Double Tap Canada. Welcome back to Double Tap Canada. I am Marco Flalo sitting in for Stephen Scott with Sean Priest. If you guys want, I know, if you guys want to get involved, one 509 Go ahead, Sean. You're far too enthusiastic. You know, that's, that's not our way. We're far more laid back, Mark. I'm not, I'm Welcome not, back I'm not... to Double Tap Canada. I'm Marco Flalo sitting in that's for Stephen there. Scott. That's it. Yeah. He's Sean He's Priest. Into Thank it. you guys for being here today. <laughs> Oh. I'd try to do an accent, but I don't want to be um, insulted live on the air or made fun of. All right, you can you speak. If I did an accent, bit. they'd actually. Do you think if I did an accent, they'd think I'm Steven? Try it. I'm all for it. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> no. going to get into that. <laughs> it may be I'm offensive. I'm not going to get into that at all. Um, you know what? Um, do you have that voicemail ready that we can go to? Because I'm, I'm curious to uh, get to you know read some of the feedback and hear some of these uh, these voicemails from some people. Do you have that handy? I certainly do. One second. Okay. The email address, again, is uh, feedback at ami.ca, and the phone number, one eight six six five zero nine four five four five. You guys get so much mail, and people are just so passionate about all the stuff that you guys talk about every week. I guess, you know, that kind of goes for the TV show, too, but uh, well, I feel like more people write it? you than me. Well, uh, you know, I think it's about personality more than anything, Mark. That's a good point. Um, let, let's let's play that voicemail, and uh, let's, talk about, uh, let's talk about some... Uh, Echo World. Hi guys, Mark here. Um, just to let you know, one of the best things I've come across for exercising in the home without the need to use equipment is something I, on the, um, well, I've got an Echo Dot, so it goes out on the Echo platform with the A-Lady and it's called the Body Coach. Uh, you have a personal trainer called Joe Wicks and it is quite intensive. In fact, it's high intensive interval training hit sessions um they sound a bit daunting when you first listen uh, i think there's seven sets in all and the first one the beginning one um i wasn't sure if i could do it at my grand old age um but i actually started this last october and i took six weeks to actually work my way through the first one, the beginning one. So this is a couple of hints I would like to leave with you. Don't let the exercises put you off. It's a 15-minute session, and half of that is resting. So it's 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off. So you're actually only doing seven and a half minutes exercise. So it's very fast. Um, What I found was find yourself a dedicated space with as much room as possible in the house. Funny enough, the biggest room I have in the house is the kitchen. And what I do is I put down a small mat in the kitchen. And I, if I come off that mat, because I'm totally blind, if I come, come across that, come off that mat, sorry, I'm likely to uh, go crashing into the um, fridge or, um, you know, do a star jump into the uh, cooker. So uh, beware, don't, don't uh, injure yourself. Start off slowly and carefully. 
especially as when you're not particularly fit and you're doing star jumps and things, you, you're likely to lose your balance and, and you know topple over. So take it slow. Don't try and keep up with them at first. Just get used to the exercises. And I found after a couple of weeks, I, I was up to speed and then I could go on to the second uh, session and the third session. And now I'm well into the intermediates and I feel super for it. So I do thoroughly recommend it. Don't let it put you off. It is quite high intensive, but I'm no spring chicken and I love it. All the best now. Bye. Wow. You know what? I've never thought of using my, my Echo as an exercise tool. Why not? Um, I, I don't know why. I don't know why not, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. But I'm, I'm, I'm reading, obviously, I'm reading some of the description about this particular, you know, the body coach. Seven uh, fifteen minute full body hit workouts. Um, you go at your own pace. The coach is there with you. I mean, this is a pretty cool concept because, really, I mean, like it's no different than than my wife on a Peloton bike or or doing any kind of guided class. It's Whoa. it's a way for people to really just kind of get those workouts in. And I love the fact that they're short. Fifteen minutes is like really quick. Yeah, well, you I, think I feel so, like I could you? do it. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. So did I last night when I heard this. I thought I'll give that a go, and they expect you to put your hands over your head. Forget it. I'm out. Um, You're right. <laughs> it was. Wait, actually, that's only the stretching, Sean. That's not even the workout. <laughs> yeah, that this was enough it. for me. Actually, it, it was really good. And because it's audio only, I suppose that's one of the reasons people think, well, audio only. How how do you know what they're doing and everything? But it is well explained, you know. And it, it, the guy that does it is really good. And yeah, actually, I do really like this one. Is it? This all comes from last week's show where we put out a request because uh, Stephen's hippo chair that he ordered um, made him realise he needs to lose weight, as we all do. So we put out a request for fitness recommendations. And there does seem to be a lot on smart speakers. There's obviously since the lockdown, there's a lot of online classes. So there's a lot of options out there. And also, I just noticed that the we have the Fitbit 4 and I do like the Fitbit um, as a uh, health tracking device. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And we got another email here, you know, on the same topic, which is uh, from who's it from? Hang on, I'm gonna go down to the bottom. I got some long email. I'm definitely not reading all this. Uh, Chris, Chris Chafin. Um, hey, Double Tap team, you're right. Fitness is very important for all of us, but like everything else, there's also a lot of fake news out there on how to get fit. I, I agree. Uh, fitness is not about how big your muscles are. Well, fine. Well. Um, or even about how much you weigh, but rather fitness should focus on what is on the inside, like your heart, your lungs, etc. For without a healthy heart, what do you think is going to happen for us down the road? Possibly stop working? Um, this is what got me started about two years ago. My resting heart rate was in the upper 70s, and just after walking to the kitchen for food, it would go up to the upper 80s or lower 90s. Now I know the doctor says this is still a good heart rate, but I knew as I continued to make my trips to the kitchen and get older, this would only get worse. <laughs> I'm proud to say two years later, my resting heart rate is in the upper 50s. Now right. as I worked, yeah, now as in, that's where it should be. Uh, now as I worked on the healthiness of my heart, lungs, etc., of course, my weight went down. Everything else also got better. I mean, this is a good point. You know, these these apps are very cool tools to help. Really, I think it's, it's the word isn't promotion, but it's really, you know, you ne almost need someone to push you, right? You need someone to egg you on and say, come on, you can do this. You know, you can get by it. I don't know about you, but I've I've tried to go... To the gym and even paid a you know a trainer to walk me through stuff. Ooh, and, that's yeah, very and Hollywood of you. After after visit number two, um, <laughs> when he put me on something called the Jacob's Ladder. I don't know if you've heard of this thing. Oh, I knew the it, film. That was it's bad. It's basically enough. like a like a forty five degree incline, 
and it's like you're climbing a ladder. Oh, yes. And yes. it moves as you as you climb the ladder, it moves. It rotates like almost like an escalator. It's like being so, Spider-Man. Exactly. Except <laughs> it, I thought I was going to die. I got off it after he kept pushing me to go, go, go. I'm like, I can't go, go, go anymore. I'm going to die, die, die. And that was my last visit to that gym. And I forego all the money I spent in the trainer that I prepaid for. Because I'm like, I can't, I can't go and I can't be pushed to the point where I feel I, – I know that it – I know that people who are really serious about training, you know, know that you really have to push yourself and you have to get over these humps. But this was a hump that I felt I just – I couldn't – I mean, I couldn't even deal with the guy anymore. Look, like, if you're going to push me this much, Powering I, I'm through not that wall is all fine. But when you start off and you hit the wall, that's when you you don't want to do it anymore. So these Ease little, me into it. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. These little baby steps, you know, like using some audio skill or um, – Chris goes on to mention the blindalive.com audio exercises. There's some great stuff out there. You can start off as easy as you want. Um, but I, I think what really motivates people, as that email said there, being able to track something like your heart rate and saying, you know what, this is actually having, uh, making a difference. You know, this is having well, an effect and- on my body. That, that is the biggest motivator of all. Well, he's, and he goes on to say here, as far as motivation, one great motivational tool is that expensive technology tool on your wrist, your Apple Watch. So give it, you know, give it a try to work it out and put through some of its paces. But yeah, that's that's you know, my wife is a perfect example of that. She wanted to get fit. She she tried everything from boxing to going to the gym, and it got to the point where she was interested in trying out spinning. So we bought not a Peloton Ooh. bike because they're ex- extremely expensive. Yes, and they're, they're even not available here in certain provinces. But uh, they've we just got- stopped their classes as well. Well, yeah, but the the benefit of what they do is really it's the online element. That's where they make their money, and that's where people have fallen in love with that kind of company. Yes. And what we did here is we bought just a a $300 spin mic. I bought a couple sensors for $10 each that would, you know, measure the cadence and the various metrics that she needs to know. And, you know, an iPad stand on the front of the bike. And she takes the classes just like everybody else. She doesn't get that instant kind of information that the Peloton bike itself would give you. But she has all the tools she needs and really loves loves spinning. I can't get over the pain in my butt, literally. Oh, um, I know. I of, did two sessions seat. and I could not walk. It was unbelievable. Yeah, and I don't know if that's a female-male thing because her anatomy is a little bit different. But it was. Is it? I did three three ten-minute classes. And I'm like, I can't do this. <laughs> And I don't know. I think it's. I think it is laziness. I think there's an element of laziness there. I think I definitely have to to work through it a bit to get past. Yeah, that but hump. you do. That's the thing. There was a time, believe it or not, a good few years ago, where I used to go to the gym five days a week. And once you get to a certain point, you love it and you do want to push yourself. But when you're starting off, that that's the big difference. That's where it, you know how you approach it really does um, define whether you stay on doing it or not. I, I find that this time, you know, being locked in your home is is going to drive people one of two directions. They're going to drive the direction of the laziness because you're home and you're you're not going to be able to, you know, keep some kind of pattern going. Or, or of course, there's the other side where people are motivated and they're like, you know what, I have more time since I'm home, so let me see if I can actually get into the spring of some of these things. And there's a, a great Facebook post that I'm I'm trying to pull up now, and and this is this is what I read. Okay, yesterday, it says today marks four weeks of quarantine. No sugar, indoor cycling, 30 miles a day, no meat, dairy, or flour. The change has been fantastic. I feel great. A healthy vegan diet, gluten-free, caffeine-free, sugar-free, and a two-hour home workout each day. Zero alcohol. I lost 15 pounds of fat, and I'm gaining muscle mass. 
I have no idea whose status this is, but I'm really proud of them. So I decided to copy and paste it. <laughs> and then I saw it on a couple other people's walls, and I just I was howling because I'm like, who on earth is this person? How on earth do they have the motivation? It probably nobody. It's probably someone who just made it up in the first place. I would, but I've, I would definitely yeah, make it yeah, up. I'll, I'll send it to you now. I'll send it to everybody <laughs> out there so we can you can use it on your post and, and try to get a chuckle out of people, which is uh, kind of funny. Um, another email here uh, talking about you know working from home. Um, hey, Stephen, Tim, and Sean. Hope all is well. I'm in lockdown here in Dublin, but working from home, which is good. Working from home, I use a VPN Cisco client to connect to the office network and then remote desktop onto my Windows 10 Pro to connect to my machine. It's uh, it's super. Stephen, I did like your demo on using Google Chrome, but for firewalls, it doesn't work so well. As for Ooh. games on Lady A, no, I am 100% with Sean here. You cannot beat games like Audio Defense. Playing on Lady A is slow and a bit sluggish. The only game I do like on Lady A is Quick Fire Quiz, which is very good. You ever play Bingo on Lady A? No, it's funny you say that because that's exactly the skill that Stephen brought up last week. And I said, what a terrible, terrible idea. But my kids love it. And here's no, the thing. So, no, they don't. No, 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 no. Hang on. Four <laughs> weeks ago, four weeks ago, before this lockdown happened, I was in Jamaica. Okay, we were on March break in Jamaica. It feels like five years ago. Oh, yeah, I um, remember. And these all-inclusive, they have these stupid games. These stupid games that people love, okay? And one night, it was bingo night. And we didn't go there intentionally. We were eating late, and we kind of walked through it. And my kids are like, what is this? And I'm like, you don't know what bingo is, you crazy children? <laughs> so we sat down, they got bingo cards, and they went at it for an hour and a half. No way. And if it wasn't for the fact that, that it ended, they would have continued. So we get home, and uh, something flashes by on the Echo in the kitchen, the Echo show, and it says, play bingo. And my kids are like, how do we play bingo? So there's several bingo skills. You can go to a website and download the play the cards. You print them up, and you play bingo with Lady A. And it is the cheesiest thing I've ever seen in my life. But my kids are quiet until they win, and they love it. How do they win? Because they get bingo. Yeah, yeah, but you know the, the whole point is that you need a physical prize. Surely, it's the only game my kids ever play and are happy just to win and not get anything. Wait, there's something strange going on there. I don't know what. I, I <laughs> you, you know, it's funny as we're sitting here recording because we're both in our homes. Um, I hear my dog barking upstairs. Yes, I hear your dog barking. <laughs> I think they hear each other. I don't know what's it's going a love on affair. here. It's kind of going. <laughs> um, but but walk me through what you were talking about with Google Chrome. Was it the, the Chrome Remote Desktop? Yeah. So Stephen did a demo of how he's been using the Chrome Remote Desktop to connect to the computers at work, and um, I, actually, I was really surprised how easy it was to set up. Um, and accessible. Once you've got control of another computer, you can turn that computer screen reader on. That audio gets sent back to your computer. Hey, oh, really? everything's accessible, so it all works great. But as um, who was it? I think it was Derry there. That email was saying that yeah. there appears to be some problems if you're behind a firewall, and that that's always sometimes an issue. The the, the firewall. And uh, sometimes port forwarding, but it, it, we're getting a bit nerdy once we go into there. But um, yeah, I, I think Chrome Google is it Google Chrome Desktop is actually it's Google. It's good. It's Chrome Remote Desktop. I know they rebranded. Re well, it yes, that's the trouble. But ago, yeah. I mean, I, I think it is one of the easiest ways to do it. But there, are, like the Zoom, like you were saying earlier with the Zoom conferencing, there are a lot of uh, alternatives and options out there. It's just which yeah, ones I mean, are accessible. The, the Chrome one. 
Well, the Chrome one, you know, being that it's accessible is great, and I'm going to start recommending that to people who who need it. Um, it is so easy to set up, but as you said, if you're behind firewalls and and things that you can't control, then you're going to get into situations where you think you're connected and you're not, and then yeah. suddenly it'll just stop working out of nowhere. I use one called Go to My PC. Yeah, um, it's one that you pay for, um, but it is reliable. Um, more and more these days, I'm getting away from having another, you know, an office computer. I'm just using my laptop everywhere. Yeah. But sometimes you just want a powerhouse somewhere. You want to be able to pick up and just not have to lug a laptop around with you. But you know, times <laughs> iPad Pro times are changing, Stephen. <laughs> iPad Pro. No, I can't do it. I wish I could. I wish I could. There's just certain pieces of software that just aren't available for it yet, and we'll we'll, we'll get to those. We'll get to those. I, I you know, I, I want to go back to you know. We started the show talking about Apple's announcements. Yes. And it, it got me thinking about some of the upcoming conferences that I'm not going to be able to go to. So things like NAB, which is the National Association of Broadcasters in Vegas, was always a fun event to go to because you'd see all the technology coming out in the audio video space. It really almost became a consumer show because of drones and various things like that that were going on. Yeah. And then I got thinking about WWDC. <gasps> Where I've never been to, but I have always attended the keynote and watched the keynote, and I've always looked at some of the sessions afterwards. I'm wondering if the fact that we're stuck home and the stack, fact that a lot of these conferences are going to go virtual, if it will actually up the quote-unquote attendance because it is suddenly more accessible for people to access. Like NAB, you had to be there to see everything. Yeah. But with them trying to do a virtual show, there's going to be opportunities for you to really just kind of – at your own pace, experience everything that they're trying to do. And I think as someone who doesn't necessarily always travel to these events but wants to, it might bring those things closer to me. I'm curious how you feel about these. Well, I think you could say that for quite a a, a wide range of different uh, situations. Now, with this lockdown and people being forced to do things online, I think there may be a, a slight change in opinion on if it's you know oh it's a make do thing it's something because we can't do it properly we'll do it online i think that attitude is going to change and for conferences yeah i think it's far better to view it uh, remotely as, as you said you can pick what and uh, when to see things and you get far better um explanations it just for me it seems a lot better but there's always just the social aspect of going to a conference, isn't it? It's not just about getting to see the cool yeah. products. It's about mixing with people who are passionate about the same thing, same nerdy gadgets that you are. There's something that that's something special about that. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure how um excited I'm gonna be anymore and I don't know how long it's gonna last to to be in spaces with people in that close vicinity anymore. Well, I know. That's the thing. Even after the, lo- and it's something I w- the lockdown ends. I wouldn't have even thought of it. Yeah, I wouldn't have even thought of that a year ago. Um, but now, you know, you know, everybody's talking about what do you do? Do you shake hands with people? Do you you don't fist bump anymore because you can't touch people? It's going to be it's gonna be strange. It's going to be very, very strange. And I think that... We'll find something know, else. We'll find something new. We'll, we'll, we'll stick bump. We'll st- <laughs> everybody, steady. Everybody will hold a selfie stick and we'll go to stick bump. Yeah. Hey, guys, how are you? Good. We've been doing uh, that for years. Really, some, uh, I don't know about the news there, but there's been some interesting stories about how people are trying to enforce their personal space. 
and people have been uh, coming up with contraptions like you know uh, wearing six pool noodles attached to their body so <laughs> like that so people can't get within it. Well, exactly, and, and that basically this is my personal space. Um, there was a video of a guy who made a hat, and hanging from the hat were poles, and the poles were attached to a ring, and it was basically <laughs> him trying to walk the streets, but of course. No sidewalk is big enough for him to walk because it just bounces everywhere and he couldn't get through spaces. See, no, uh, a guy, I think, a guy built a laser projector that projected a circle around it. <laughs> I think people that do this sort of thing anyway don't need to worry. I think people usually do avoid them and walk around them anyway. So, oh, man, it's a bit ridiculous, though, isn't it? I mean, I, I find that everyone's it's actually quite nice out there. When you do go out, people are very, you know, they will walk around you and say, "Hey, yeah. how you doing?" It's actually quite quite nice it's weird it's took this much for people to be quite nice to each other no but but you live you know in manchester where you live how busy are the streets normally are they are they you know you you can envision what it's like in london you know or what yeah. it's like in in oh. new york times square can you imagine that can you imagine even walking into a situation no, like that anymore that, that's yeah i think it will take a while even after the lockdown ends i think until people feel secure enough to meet up in those sort of numbers again it is going to yeah. be strange i don't think it's going to be this year no I, I i agree with you which is why what we do here is actually kind of important because we don't have to be near each other i don't like i don't like you anyway <laughs> oh that's, Lord, that's the way I, we work that's the uh double tap way exactly um a couple of things that I, I i wanted to mention um oculus quest now no we don't Steven care and I no, had, we don't care why? Why don't you care? No, because it's inaccessible. Why should we care? Don't bring you. But don't you know bring what? your inaccessible gadgets here, sir. Okay, but hang on. But hang on a second here. Okay, you have. Yes. You have a little bit of vision. Stephen has a little bit of vision. Mm-hmm. Imagine being able to strap something to your head that you can suddenly see a hundred-inch screen in front of you. <gasps> I want one. Yeah, I know. It, you see, it, it all sounds good, but it doesn't work in practice, really. Uh, kind of, but you need a certain level of vision. And look, let, let's. Let me just say this. I think the Quest is absolutely amazing from a, a nerdy point of view. I really would love one. But from an accessibility point of view, forget about it. you got nowhere. Although Microsoft did announce something. I think uh, Microsoft Accessibility Team did announce their, some sort of um, API for accessible VI or virtual reality um, where using haptic feedbacks and, and audio. Now, I, I didn't actually go any further into that, but there are, there are well, you know, there's there's options there. I, I think it's very early days when it comes to accessibility in VR. And I think VR has sort of died off a little bit. The Quest has brought it back just a little bit, but, it, you know, VR was going to be the next big thing, and it didn't really hit home, did it? Uh, I don't think it hit home. I think people, gamers, kind of a, you know got drawn to it because of what they can do with it, which is kind of cool. Um, I got it because I'm like, okay, we're in lockdown. I need to entertain my children. What can we do that's different? And that's why that's why I got it. Um, okay, fine. Let's let's put that aside for a second. <laughs> Sorry, did I did I shoot that Go- down? Google's Google's <laughs> Braille keyboard for Android. Woo! Yes. Now, obviously, I haven't picked up my Android phone. Um, I did check if I had this, and it wasn't available for me yet. So I don't know. But this is cool. Now, this is something that iOS has had. Uh, it's usually the other way around. Android users saying, oh, Android's had that for ages. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, in this case, iOS has had a Braille keyboard input option for quite a while now, and it does work really well. And now Google has one as well. So it's under the talkback settings under your general settings. Um, and you just turn on the Braille keyboard. Um, then when you're when you come to a text field or anywhere where you need to enter text, although I did 
here that you can't use it in Google Docs or Google Messages, which seems slightly... It'll come, it'll come. Yeah, oh yeah it's early days. But um, yeah, once you get to a text field and you need to enter text, you simply uh, switch keyboards and your Braille keyboard will be there and you can type away in Braille, grade one or grade two. Uh, from what I can make out, it works pretty much the same as uh, the iOS keyboard does, as in you put... you hold the phone screen away from you in landscape. You've got dots one, two, three on the left and four, five, six on the right. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm going to test this out. I will do a, a feature on it at some point uh, when it does show up. It's being rolled out at different places at different times, but definitely check it out. It seems pretty cool. About time, I would say, but nice. So um, did Stephen mention anything about uh, doing a What's in Your Drawers segment for our TV show last week? Yes, he did. Yes, he put a call out for okay. uh, people to let let you know and send in your video. Okay, good, because I wanted to remind people again, <laughs> mostly because it's my own agenda, <laughs> <laughs> that if you do if you do uh, want to join us on the TV show, uh, we're looking out for people who uh, have really cool stuff in their drawers, old tech stuff. You can't even imagine the stuff that I have found that are going to be so much fun to talk about on the TV show. So if you do have something, send it to feedback at ami.ca. Just take a video with your phone or whatever it is, and just kind of walk us through what it is and why you, why you still have it. Because so many people hang on to things, and I'm guilty of this. I'm sure you are. I just don't want to throw things out. You know, I have phones. I've got Blackberries going back to, wow. like, the Blackberry Pearl. I don't know. Well, I don't know why I don't want to get rid of it. But I just I feel like I it's need beautiful. to That's hang why. on to these things for nostalgia. I've got a, I got a, what was it? Not the Blackberry, but the, um, the, the Galaxy Note 7, the one that kept blowing up. You haven't got one. I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Never, never turned on. Never turned on. Never charged. That's not the point. I'm going to ring the police. No, no, it's brand new in the box. They tried to get it back for me so many times. I'm like, I sent it back, guys. I sent it back. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, you do realize this goes out on air, don't you? I've, ta- I mean, you I've know, talked about this before. You know, guys, come find me, okay? Um, this will forever <laughs> live in my in my cell phone museum. And it'll stay on the box unless, of course, the box blows up. But, I mean, so far, it's been good. I've been keeping it nice and safe. It hasn't traveled on any airplanes. But, you know, it is a piece of history. And that's why I feel like I need to hang on to it. I see what you're doing. I know what you're doing. Mint in box. This will be on eBay in it, 20 No, it is time. not. No, I'm not, I'm not shipping it anywhere. I'm not do- it's for me. I want to keep this. I want a potentially dangerous piece of equipment in my drawer. Of course you do. Email me if you want to make me an offer. And um, <laughs> <laughs> They're very rare, you know. There's not many left. Yeah, well, listen, I'm sure you have stuff like that. Maybe not stuff that's going to blow up, but I'm sure you have stuff like that well, still hanging funny, around for no reason, right? Funny enough, you, you say that. I did have uh, – I found my 4S in the drawer the other – the other day, and it was blown up. It looked like a tortoise. It was ridiculous. Oh, really? the, the, the battery must have, it just swelled up and broken through the uh, casing. So, yeah, that was actually pretty dangerous. But, um, yeah, it's surprising, though. What, what do you do with your old tech, though? Because, you know, it seems a waste just to throw it away. I always keep this thing either thinking I can use that later on or I could give it to somebody who could use it, you know. But, no, at, most of the time it just ends up in a big bag at the bottom of the wardrobe or in my drawer. Yeah, I mean, I, older phones, like, older iPhones like if I because I always get the new generation one just because I I, I blame myself and being you know a tech reviewer and a you know, journalist yeah. uh, needing it um, so I'll keep the last generation <laughs> around in case I need a backup phone because someone breaks something but older ones I'll donate like I'll donate to the CNIB here they, they have a great smartphone program and they'll get it to people who can't necessarily afford them um, other tech I mean depends what it is you know depends 
how old it yeah. is and what it is and what it does. Maybe you know trade it in if I want to. Sometimes it's a good trade in programs, and you can use that money to buy yourself something pretty. Buy some new rubbish. <laughs> it's going to end up in a drawer in six months. Exactly, uh, Sean. Did you <laughs> did, did you survive? Like, did I did I do a good job? Am I, you know, am I well, good replacement for say- Stephen? It, it was an interesting experience, you know. It was uh, it was fast paced. I just held on for dear life, but no, it was fantastic. Am I too Thank fast you, for Mark. you? Is that what's going on? Too much, too much to cover. <laughs> it, it is. Yeah, I'm used to a slower pace. <laughs> okay, I, I understand. Well, th- thank you for tolerating me. I appreciate you uh, for being my uh, my co-host here, and and maybe we can you know trade places on the TV show one day, and you can do one of those with Stephen. How about that? Oh, that'll be cool. Yes, the <laughs> ugly TV episode. We'll, we'll look forward to it. Uh, thank you guys for uh, tolerating us as well. The phone number again, one 5545 And, of course, the email address, feedback at ami.ca. Uh, thank you for being here. I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I was here, and uh, hopefully Stephen will be back next week. If not, then um, we'll figure something out, I'm sure. I'm sure we will. Thank <laughs> you, Mark. Thank you, Sean, and thank you guys out there. Don't forget to tune in to Double Tap TV every Tuesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on AMI-tv. For more technology talk with Mark Aflalo and Stephen Scott. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts.